Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to part two of small bowel obstruction. Now, we started speaking about some of the causes of bowel obstruction and some of the things we look for. For example, we spoke about the feces sign. We also spoke about how we try to look for transitions, and the feces sign is one of the things that can be helpful. As we look for bowel obstruction, we want to look for the presence of internal hernias. We want to look for defects in the mesentery or omentum. We'll look for what's called a C or U-shaped configuration uh, with a closed loop obstruction with mesenteric vessels tracking toward the site of obstruction. This has also been described as a spoke wheel sign. And when you see that, it's a high incidence of patients having ischemia. But let's look at some examples. Here's a great case of what ends up being a mid-gut volvulus. When you look at the axial images, you see dilated loops of bowel in the left upper quadrant, and there's some fluid around the loops of bowel. What you also see very carefully is the loops of bowel aren't enhancing very well. There is wall thickening present, but there's decreased enhancement. As you keep looking on the axial images, you kind of recognize something's going on. All the bowel loops are in the left upper quadrant. It's not a normal configuration. The bowel loops are distended, there's fluid present, and there's not good enhancement. Then when you look at the coronal view, you can really see what's happened. There's a twist, an internal hernia with a volvulus. Free fluid locally always or almost always means the patient has or is developing ischemia, so this becomes a surgical emergency. Again, the coronal views are very helpful. I mentioned in part one of this series how important it is to look at coronal views as well as sagittal views, but coronal views make it easier to see where the bowel is, where the transitions are, and in this case, that twist with bowel stuck in the left upper quadrant through a defect in the mesentery. And here's a few more images showing you that bowel wall thickening, the decreased enhancement, the edema, classic ischemic bowel with an internal hernia. Now, bowel wall thinning is a common feature of small bowel arterial ischemia. The bowel wall can become very thin. In fact, people describe almost a vanishing bowel wall, which is why with ischemia on the arterial side, you can get perforation. These findings are a result of loss of arterial blood flow to the bowel wall mucosa, which can progress to transmural infarction as well as perforation. And here's just a great example. Look at the small bowel. It looks like we're dealing with a non-contrast study. The bowel is dilated. It's kind of layering out. You can see from the iliac vessels, we gave a really good bolus, but there's no enhancement. And as you keep looking, you can see that haziness in the mesentery. Remember I described to you this mistiness uh, where the vessels come? You can see the vessels are twisted. Look, look at the patient's SMA. There's some branches, but this is all kind of twisted. The vessels are irregular and they quickly prune down. That's the kind of thing you see when you have twisting of the mesentery. And this results, of course, in bowel ischemia. This bowel is not enhancing. Here's a few more looks at that. And again, I like this example showing you that misty mesentery, which is a very good sign adjacent to bowel of the patient having or developing ischemia. This patient is a surgical emergency. And these are the kind of patients who actually don't do well at surgery because they often have large-scale infarcted bowel. Here's a few more images 
So here we have multiple findings, dilated small bowel, lack of enhancement, twisting of the vessels, that haziness into the bowel and into the mesentery. Here it's shown very nicely on the cinematic rendering where you really appreciate how the branches off the SMA are twisted and look how small these vessels are. They should be as big as here, but look at them little tiny twigs. Again, that's because of the twist and the volvulus that's present. Again, very nicely shown on cinematic rendering, the uh, mid-gut volvulus. Just a really, really nice example in, in this case. We are looking at cinematic rendering for many things, early detection of pancreatic cancer. We're looking at it for, for grading and picking up neuroendocrine tumors, looking at bowel function and bowel enhancement is a good example, and this is just a very nice case showing you that. Another example, here's a patient with abdominal pain. You can see there's ascites present around the liver and around the colon. We follow this downward, and you begin to see a conglomeration of bowel in the right lower quadrant. You, With experience, you kind of realize that bowel doesn't look right. It's dilated. The wall's not enhancing. It just doesn't look right, and there's free fluid present. You track it down a little bit further, more dilated bowel, free fluid, and then you look at the coronal view, and you can see what's happened. You have this bowel which is kind of stuck in this area. It's kind of twisted on itself, and this is, again, a volvulus with internal hernia. Just a very nice example. In this case, there is flow into bowel because you can see enhancement. You can see often enhancement and prominent blush of bowel in patients with venous occlusion. Arterial occlusion is more likely early on to have decreased enhancement. And again, just a very, very nice look at that bowel pattern. Again, like the first case I showed you, you can see all the small bowel now appears to be on the right side. There's a little bit on the left. The left side isn't dilated. The right side's dilated. It's kind of pushed into a space which is, makes you think about that internal hernia and mid-gut volvulus. Now, when you talk about closed-loop obstruction, again, adhesive bands or internal or external hernias are the things we think about. Closed-loop obstruction can lead to volvulus, which can lead to impairment of venous outflow, followed by arterial ischemia and bowel infarction. One of the things we see with closed-loop obstructions we look for what's a C or U-shaped positioning of the distended loops of bowel with the mesenteric vessels converging toward the site of obstruction. The site of obstruction usually is clear on CT, particularly the MPR coronal views. This article by Paulson and Thompson also makes the point that a closed-loop obstruction depends in part on the orientation of the loop relative to the plane of imaging. If the loop is within the plane of imaging, then you'll see the C or U, but otherwise you may not see it. Now, one of the things we look at, and I've mentioned this and shown this in several cases now, is if all the bowel loops are in one area or they're in an area they don't belong. Look at this case of abdominal pain. You have multiple dilated small bowel loops in the upper abdomen. There's decreased enhancement, good injection. This is abnormal. You have to be suspicious of ischemia. But then you ask yourself, where are these bowel loops located? That's not a normal location. Well, what if I looked at this when I and I gave you the entire data set? You see, as you look at the data set, and let's scroll down, 
see the stomach, but then you see the small bowel. And you realize all of those small bowel loops which are dilated, which have poor enhancement, prominent mesenteric vessels, it's sitting in the patient's lesser sac. It's not sitting, let's go back up, it's not sitting in a normal location. It's within the lesser sac. So it's an internal hernia within the lesser sac. And again, looking at the coronal views is particularly helpful in this regard. Here's a good example of showing you the, the coronal views. Look how nicely you can see the changes in the bowel, how really the uh, twisting again, but the way the bowel loops are sitting in that lesser sac region, decreased enhancement. Look at the swirling of the patient's mesenteric vessels. That's when people talk about that swirl sign where the vessels point directly to where you have that internal hernia, very nicely shown. And you can see this also as you look at the sagittal views, very nicely shown here as well. Again, the uh, anterior is to the left. You can see all of the bowel loops sitting in the lesser sac, dilated, engorged mesentery, and all of those changes consistent with an internal hernia. And here's two images I captured. They're showing you the mesenteric vessels, particularly nicely seen in the coronal, where the vessels are all stretched. They're not enhancing well. The bowel is not enhancing. This is an internal hernia with ischemic bowel, volvulus, and developing infarction. A surgical emergency, and here's those same images on a 3D rendered view. So it's just a really, really good example. So again, when you're looking at small bowel obstruction, you see dilated bowel, but then you always have to ask the question, is the bowel in the right place? Am I dealing with an internal hernia? Are the bands present? Maybe the bands or adhesions lead to twisting, lead to creation of a compartment, and then you have the twisting, and then you have the infarction. So all of those things kind of go together. Another example, acute abdomen. As you scan downward, you notice lots of dilated loops of bowel to the right and in the midline. The loops are not enhancing, particularly on the image on your right, as well as they should be. And we follow it down to the lower abdomen. And again, lots of dilated loops of bowel. And for arterial phase imaging, it's just not really the enhancement I want to be seeing. Here's some more images, and here you see evidence of ascites in the pelvis. Now you go to the coronal views. Look at the mesenteric vessels. There's the SMA. You see how the branches of the SMA kind of really taper off? There's just little twigs here. That's a classic thing when you have a midgut volvulus. The flow on the arterial side gets decreased because of twisting of that vessel arcade. You then see the dilated loops of bowel. You see ascites and this patient is developing ischemic bowel. Again, a very nice example. In this case, the loops are sort of in the midline, not quite the same as before, but again, you could see how the positioning of the vessels and the bowel is just not normal. And here's a few more images showing that. And here it is again. So again, a high level of suspicion is very, very important. And if you have any doubt, you have to err on the side of being concerned because, again, we mentioned if you diagnose things late, the patients will have high morbidity and high mortality. And in this case, I also should make the point that when I see ascites, it's always a bad sign. Whenever I see ascites, if you have an abdominal wall hernia and you see thickened bowel, 
but you don't see ascites, okay, I worry. But once I see ascites, I really worry. To me, ascites means things are gone on too long. It means you have a definite ischemia present, and it means that patient's going to be a surgical emergency every single time. So a really nice look at multiple images, and here's just a few more examples. Now, in this case, it was an internal hernia due to adhesions from the cecum to the right ovary. So you see what happens is patients with surgery, whether it's bowel or whether it's GYN, you get a band and the band causes this adhesion and then you can have bowel twisting around the band. And so in this case, you couldn't quite figure out what the issue was. You knew there probably was a band present just by the appearance, but that was the diagnosis. Now another example. Here's a patient who had multiple uh, episodes of abdominal pain. They never could really prove the cause. And now he came back again. The first thing you see is dilated loops of bowel with a feces sign. You follow this down further, and you can see there's a transition in the right lower quadrant over there. And there's some fluid there. And remember, I worry about fluid. Well, we want to see this a bit better on the coronal view. Look how beautiful it is on the coronal. There's that U-shaped or C-shaped configuration. There's the feces sign. There's the transition. This is a classic twist. This is, a, again, subtle on the axials. Maybe not subtle. Subtle is a bad word because we knew there was a feces sign present. There was fluid. We knew things were going bad. But this is the classic C-shaped or U-shaped configuration. And you can see very nicely what you're dealing with is a loop of bowel that's herniated through a defect or an adhesion, creating an internal hernia. And then you have that closed-looped obstruction, very nicely seen. It's not often the images match directly the patient's diagram. But here's just a few more examples. This patient had surgery, and I know the patient well. He had three or four years of pain. Even in retrospect, you never could have suspected what was going on. They thought he had appendicitis at one point. They removed the appendix. But he was just a person with chronic pain. Finally, after multiple visits to the ER, we were able to make the diagnosis. Now, when you talk about small bowel obstruction, um, this article does make the point about looking at obstructed bowel loops. And again, when you have an obstructed bowel loop and it continues to produce fluid, it progressively dilates. That's kind of the explanation for some of that USC shaped configuration. Uh, and again, this is considered a surgical emergency. Very nicely shown. Another example, abdominal pain. Well, the first thing you notice on the images, which were a bit high in the chest, there's a thrombus in the left atrial appendage. When you see a thrombus in the left atrial appendage, you have to worry about many things, but one of them, could this patient be showering emboli? So you could see renal infarcts, you could see a lot of things. But here I'm looking at the vessels, I see the SMA, it looks great, but what about the SMA here? It doesn't look so great. Then I follow it down and it's gone. Again, the importance of a sagittal view. See, this patient does not have atherosclerotic disease, celiac and SMA look great, till a few is down, and there the SMA is occluded. SMA occlusion due to showering of emboli from the left atrial appendage, and this can easily lead to infarcted bowel. 
this patient had surgery. They removed the thrombus. The patient did fine. You detected early, the patients do fine. You detected late, the patients get infarction and they can die. You need to look carefully at the sagittal view. All of us at one time or another have missed an SMA clot, and it's because the vessel looks so good proximally, unless you follow it down the entire distance, you can make a terrible mistake. And here's that patient. You can see there's the clot in the SMA. There's the patent SMV, and now the bowel is beginning to dilate, but because we intervened early, this patient did well. Here's some of the views, the coronal views of the dilated bowel, but again, a very, very important diagnosis. Image within the square showing you very nicely the clot in the patient's SMA with the SMV looking great. Again, it's a very, very important diagnosis. The patient was developing early findings of jejunal ischemia due to that occlusion of the SMA. Another patient, right lower quadrant pain. Well, we see the dilated loops of bowel, particularly this big loop over here. What's going on? We look at the coronals, and again, now we see some mistiness in the mesentery. Focus right lower quadrant, lots of dilated bowel loops. We're trying to figure out what's going on. And then we see this big tubular structure. What is that? Well, where's the colon? If you've seen this before, you're going to recognize this. It looks like a big dilated structure, which is in fact going to be the cecum. But why is the cecum that dilated? You can see where the small bowel enters. What gives you a cecum that looks like that? And that's the classic diagnosis of a cecal volvulus. And here it is just to show it to you on the imaging. When you scroll through the images, you're able to see the dilated small bowel and the obstruction is because of this markedly dilated large bowel loop. The rest of the large bowel is collapsed. And this is classic for a volvulus, just a beautiful example. We talk about sigmoid volvulus. We talk about um, volvulus of the cecum. Sigmoid is more common um, in some populations. In general, sigmoid is going to be more common. But you can see where you can make a terrible mistake if you don't recognize it. At first glance, you might think everything you're dealing with is dilated small bowel loops. And that indeed is not going to be the case because it's really the cecum as you go further down that is dilated. So just a wonderful example of a cecal volvulus. And here's a, a drawing Frank Coral did. You can see how the it twists. And look how you're looking at it perfectly. There's the appendix. There's that Anfas look. It looks exactly like our case. Just a wonderful example. Now, we spoke about adhesions, but one of the things we haven't spoken about yet is hernias. Remember, we mentioned that we want to follow the bowel loop and see why it's obstructed. One of the causes of obstruction is hernia. And I think we've had enough time for this talk. So why don't we stop right there and let's pick it up in a few minutes. And we'll start with looking at small bowel obstruction due to hernias. See you in a few minutes. Thanks a lot. If you like this video, make sure to subscribe to the CTSS YouTube channel. You can also visit us at ctss.com for even more videos, plus quizzes, pearls, protocols, and oh so much more. We're also in the App Store and have well over a dozen apps for iPhone and iPad, all completely free. Thanks for watching.